last party of the weekend uh it's sunday night it's mother's day let me add everybody back in here or pull it down to whatever it's supposed to be Ooh, let's see who we're missing here james what's up guys hello yeah hello. had a little bit of technical difficulty at the beginning but we fixed it i believe oh man um so yeah we have a special guest with us today from the uh, we have Carissa Mitchell. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Hi, guys. And you are Hello. from the Mitchell and Associates Talent Agency. Is that correct? I am the Mitchell, yes. Yeah. You're the boss. You're the CEO. You have the, you <laughs> I'm the floor sweeper. You have, <laughs> yeah, you, you, have the, you have the couch in your office, y'all. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Has anyone watched Hollywood yet? That's exactly uh, so what my life is that's like. What we're, that's one of the things I want to talk about. I watched this show. But um, actually, the other day, uh, well, let, let, let's all say hi. We have Ray, Ray Basura here. Hello. It's uh, nice to meet you. Uh, Chris uh, has just told me a bit about you, and I got a chance to read up on your site. So we're very excited to have you. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here. Uh, Holly is here. Hello. Hi. Uh, we have uh, James Smiley Hi. back from his uh, his last show uh, last Sunday. James is a little uh, insane. I've been in quarantine a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's very fair. Um, so, uh, Chris, the other day, you, like, uh, like first of all, we should have had you on way a long time ago because I mean, you know, I always like <laughs> I always like talking to people who have like an interesting career that like isn't the normal nine to five, like office job and so you you own a talent agency that's in albuquerque and in hollywood is that's right yeah how does that work um well it works great uh now (laughs) that everything's done on the phone and internet like back in the day when you know talent agents had huge file cabinets full of uh black you know black and white eight by tens that they had to messenger over to the casting directors i don't think i could have done it in two cities but now everything's online and it's and it's very easy and i have assistants in both cities helping me so um it goes pretty well that's cool. pretty well so you Mm -hmm. posted so okay so you have you have you know actors and actresses well actress actors here in in Albuquerque and in Hollywood and you know these are kind of two of the like you know two big cities where all the action is happening. I mean, That's right. now that you know now someday, that someday someday yeah, someday <laughs> now that we have a governor that like you know put us back on track to you know we were you know I remember whenever they first started filming movies here it it was kind of a, a mecca for it and then we got a new governor and then she didn't like it. And so then it all went to Georgia and Louisiana and North Carolina. And then now we have a governor, a new governor again, that seems, seems to like the, you know, the money. The she Hollywood seems to be on board. That's so, right. She I, seems to like the money. Yeah. And so things, I mean, I've, I, every week I hear more stories about more studios being built here. 
um, and more money being allocated to, um, you know, locations and studios and things like that. So I think we're going to see it mm. an even bigger boom. So, so have you seen the difference between the two governors? Like, have you seen the, the difference in, in, you know, more jobs for your actors? Um, um, definitely. I feel like we've really increased, but, um, increased the amount of, uh, there's, there's two things to talk about. There's like the amount of projects that are here in New Mexico yeah. and then the amount of people that are being booked locally oh, wow. for acting, for acting jobs. Yeah. And so, and so I've seen an increase in both of those. Um, it's, you know, you, it's a very, uh, it's a lot cheaper to hire a local actor. You don't have to travel them and wine and wine and dine them and put them up in hotels and all that stuff if they're here. Yeah. But, um, we had to really work hard against the reputation that we're just a bunch of, you know, wild west, loosey goosey actors out here that are, you know, mm-hmm. cowboy hobbyists or whatever. Right, right. So we had a lot to prove that we were worth, uh, looking at for the bigger roles. Okay. But I think things are going to, I think we're going to get lots more, um, projects and i do see the difference between the two governors especially um who you know some of the people that have been appointed in um really awesome uh you know big positions like alicia keys in the economic development at the state she's from disney and she's a friend she's amazing i thought she was a singer i don't know am i wrong there um (laughs) no alicia it's a different alicia keys i was like i was like wow that's what she's doing now all right. <laughs> no, uh, her name's Alicia Keys, but she's head of ec- economic development, and she's done an incredible job of putting a whole bunch of people in positions for at all the different city film offices in the state, mm-hmm. um, and um, in the New Mexico film office. Um, really great p- people, but she's she was in you know she was at Disney for years and years oh, before coming here. So she's um, I'm sure she she's has... a good person to have in ec- economic development. I'm sure she so. has some stories that we probably couldn't tell in the air. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I'm really interested in hearing how, um, you know, this whole COVID-19 situation has affected you guys directly because you were saying that a lot of the stuff you do is electronic, which is a benefit, but all the acting uh, programs seem, or all the uh, the roles seem like they're on hold because everything is closed. Uh, what are some other ways that you've really been affected and what do you think is going to be on the other side for you guys? I'm I'm completely shut down. Um, absolutely mm-hmm. shut down. Every once in a while, something will you know a breakdown will come out. A breakdown is uh, when casting directors or producers or directors send what they're looking for to the agent, and the agent submits their people. Um, that's called the breakdown. Um, every th- there's been a lot of voiceover stuff that's still been happening because mm-hmm. a lot of time a lot oh, of voiceover yeah, yeah. Um, actors have uh, their own studios in their house, and so a lot of that kind of stuff has has continued on. Um, but as far as like you know that that week of March, what, 10th or something like that. It was just email after email after email. This production shut down. This is indefinite. This pilot is has been shut down indefinitely. We don't know if it's coming back. Um, we had people that were booked on things f- all the way, you know, for, for several weeks ahead um, that actually had to get paid anyway because they'd already had contracts done. And so a lot of my actors got paid without ever going on set because um, mm-hmm. they had to institute force majeure which means act of God um, for um, productions. That's one of the things that you can call to shut down a production um, legally with insurance and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, some of the, the sad thing was a whole bunch of my people had just been booked on this new TV show called evil about evil Knievel. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Milo Ventimiglia or whatever um, has, has is starring in and some of them were kids. It was their very first role. And uh, all that kind of stuff. So, can you hear me? Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because my my computer's going black. Um. So anyway, so I had all these kids that really didn't care about the money, except for they were going to buy a switch or something. But um, <laughs> but they cared that this this was their first mm-hmm. big movie, and so now they've got you know every week they they or their moms text me and say, "Have you heard anything yet? Have you heard anything yet?" But really, everything totally shut down. Just shut down. You know, and the people that I talked to, all the casting directors, you know, people that I talked to twenty five times a day you know, nothing is going on. One of the interesting things that has happened though, is a lot of the major player casting directors in the United States um, have put out what they're calling open calls to actors. And they are, you know, they're sending out um, things where uh, actors can send in audition tapes or monologues or reels and stuff like that. And, and since casting directors don't usually have a lot of time to look at brand new people that they've never seen before, they usually have their list of favorite people that they like. Um, so th- they've been giving people an opportunity to send in tapes and stuff like that. There's no roles attached to it. There's no chance of booking something from these things, but it's giving us a really good chance to uh, do two things. One of them is for casting directors to um, you know, see their face and get to know them so that later when they do start back up again, hopefully they remember this actor. Right. The other big thing is, the other big thing is, um, I don't know if you know this about casting directors, but Traditionally and in truth, casting directors are kind of germ phobes. Germ phobes. They don't like. They don't like shaking hands. They don't like hugs. They don't like you wearing cologne. They don't. Yeah. They don't want you to come in if you have a runny nose. You know, they've they've always been that way. And so that's I weird, feel yeah. like even <laughs> that's just how they are. They're always like, there's always you know, please do not wear cologne. Please do not touch anyone. You know, all this kind of stuff. Please don't so look them. Don't think- look them directly in the eyes. That's right, right. No heads higher than theirs, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, um, so I think what's going to happen is I think we're going to go to a lot more self-tapes than in-person auditions, even when things go back into production. And, mm-hmm. produ- you know, there's all sorts of stuff. If you know anyone that's in the film industry on Facebook, all there is is all these articles about how film productions are going to set back up again uh, with all the restrictions to keep everyone safe and healthy and all that kind of stuff. But casting directors, you know, they're just going to, you know, do their own, they're going to have to figure it out themselves. And so having all of this time with these casting directors doing these um, open calls is, um, is really good because I think a lot of people are going to figure out how to do self tapes at home mm-hmm. where they have their own setup and they get their little uh, love mics and they have their tripods and we'll do see. all that kind of stuff. So I, so I think the industry is going to change. I, I, uh, I, I'm very skeptical on that and I'll tell why? you, I'll tell you why. So nothing to do with actors. So, uh, ever since, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've been trying, I've been, I've been in this, you know, podcasting streaming industry for, uh, 14 years in, in July. And, uh, you know, people scoff, they don't scoff at it, but like they, they, they don't think about it. Well, now they have to, now it's a thing. And every single time, and I will tell you this, I turn on someone's live stream and it's a musician and they're using a cell phone and they're playing a guitar into it. I turn it off immediately. Cause it sounds like shit. Sounds terrible. It sounds right, like right. shit. Right. And, uh, right, the, the, right. and the microphone on your cell phone is meant for you to talk to. It doesn't have it doesn't have the capability to really like pick up all that stuff. So they use software in order to do that. And if you listen to someone's live stream and they just have like set up a, you know, their phone and they're like jamming out and you can hear it, it has like all these little like art- artifacts that are in your hearing. And I mean, 
for me, if if musicians can't figure it out, I don't know if actors can figure it out. I don't know. You know, that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. It's like putting like an Instagram filter mm-hmm. on your face, sort of. Is that kind of what it is like with the with the music? It is. But um, here, yeah. but here's the thing. You know. I've been I've been having lots and lots of I have Zoom fatigue from yeah. from talking to all my actors because actors are worried that they're going to become mm-hmm. you know um, insignificant or they're going to become they're going to be forgotten and all of this stuff yeah. and so I've been trying to I'm a mom basically to all these actors and yeah. so I've been trying to like help them and encourage them through this through this thing and so basically what I've said is you're going to have to figure out how to get yourself on tape and do these on, you know, do these Mm -hmm. things. Um, and I'm not going to send your tape to the casting director if it, if it makes me look bad, if it like, if it, if it does something to my reputation, because I have a reputation to uphold. And so they're not, if it's, it's like, you didn't listen to that music. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now they've, because of they were halted, you know, hindered by technology, they lost out on you listening to their music, which might be good. Mm-hmm. You know, their music might be good, but if you know, because I'm the same way. If it if it yeah. sounds bad or it looks bad, I'm like I'm out. Now I'm just paying attention to the technology problems mm-hmm. and not the actual performance well, or the art related to it. You know, and that's fair. So here here's how I feel about it. Like you know, when we were starting up the show earlier, you guys were like, "There's a really bad echo." For me, I was like, "Well, I don't hear an echo." And I was like, let me check the audio on this side. Nope, no echo. So I was like, I'm all right. And I know that sucks. But I mean, if there would have been an echo on this side, we wouldn't have started the show. We would have just, you know, delayed. And okay, we know where we know where we're at now. That's yeah. cool. What's that? Right? You know, you're you're talking about, uh, you know, about people who, if you have a good video, that's more likely it's going to be sent out. But it seems like that's just another level of like the vetting process. Yeah. Because if somebody's not able to talk or somebody's not able to present themselves, mm-hmm. they wouldn't even get the look in the first place. And now it's like, okay, if you can do all that stuff. But you don't have the technology to like get your stuff out there, like get yourself here because yeah. like that's, that's the right. new bar. Of what- I think that's exactly right. That's going to be the new bar. Down to the fact that casting directors, that, you know, there's all sorts of uh, instructions when they ask for a self tape. Like you need to have your files named, you know, first name underscore last name underscore mm-hmm. role name underscore take one, take two, take three, and you know, people do it on their cell phones and it's. I M A G E twenty three sixty seven, and they're going to get lost. You yeah. know, like if somebody's uploading all those film, yeah. uh, up all those tapes, they're going to get lost. So, so yeah, it is adding another level mm-hmm. to uh, the vetting process, exactly. Which I'm fine with because I'm mm-hmm. all about everything being mm-hmm. really good standards, really high standards. I don't like listening to things that sound bad Absolutely or look not. bad. Well, uh, you know, so I hate it. So. I get I get hit up a lot about uh, people wanting to start a podcast and whatnot. And uh, for me, it's like there's there's enough YouTube videos out there that, that I don't really need to teach you. But then people will ask me for advice. And it's really funny how shittily they, they act after I give them that advice. Like my advice to them is 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 record. If you're going to start a podcast, you know, you know, whatever, it's, whatever it is, do five, you know, record five before you put them out. Listen to the first one you did. Listen to the fifth one you did and see what the difference is. And then they always go, yeah. well, that seems like a lot of work. Okay. Right. Well, then, if you think that's a lot of work, don't even do it at all. Right. You know, if it's not worth doing, right. Yeah. But the th- the problem, Chris, is that you make it look easy because you've been doing it for so long, and you're so cool about it. So, you know. Right. Well, they and probably then, thought they probably thought, well, if he can do it, yeah. I can do it. This should be easy because well, he makes it look really casual and easy. Oh, thank you. Well, the, the other advice I give people, I'm like, if you if you record an episode and there's and there's and it sounds awful, and you can't fix it, throw it in the trash. 
and they're like and they're like why i'm because that'll be the first time someone hears you whether it's your 20th (laughs) episode whether it's your 50th episode that's the first time someone's tuning in and if they tune in and i i sound really quiet like this and then you're super loud and they're constantly adjusting the 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 audio so they'll just never listen to it again and go go listen to someone else who sounds better there's a problem sometimes with what's everything that you create being too precious you know, and so it's like some people just can't even stand the thought of deleting, you know, what they've done. Oh, and so, you know, it's 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 like, you know, I when I when I learned how to sew as a kid, my mom taught me how to sew. And, you know, I bring it up to her and she'd say, rip it out, mm-hmm. rip it out. It's not right. Rip yeah. it out. And I'd be like, oh, you know, and she's like, you'll know yeah. it's wrong the whole time yeah. forever. Well, you I've, know, I've learned so. two. I've learned two things about about making art is if it, if it if it sounds awful and you just want to and you think you can just put it out there and people will be fine with it they won't the other thing too is stop fucking with something if you if you if you have it and it seems okay it seems good and then you're like you know what if i like add these four other things usually you end up just messing it up and it's worse than it was uh they're saying sure. they Keep love it simple. Ray's haircut. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you get a haircut in all this pandemic, Ray? I, I did. Well, I, I didn't get a haircut. I got so sick of my hair that I got my beard trimmer. And I was like, I wonder if my beard trimmer can cut my hair. And then I was like, Shh. and I was like, well, now I kind of have to at this point. So <laughs> then I just kept going. And then, like, I did, like, three passes. And I would just, like, find, like, these, like, pieces just, like, sticking up. And so I needed to have Valeria help, like, get all the extra things that I messed up. And, like, in the back, I had, like, a mullet, like, coming out. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't so know if – Chris, I don't know if you know – if you don't know Ray, but he just retired from pro wrestling after 10 years. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Is, so how's, your, are, how's your body? Are you all in one piece? Uh, I mean, I, I wake up in the morning, but uh, – <laughs> no, I, I'm in – I'm in yeah. I'm pretty beat up. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I um, yeah. definitely gonna need to to get some doctor visits once everything is uh, up and running. Because I retired in January, and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna look into getting. I'm gonna start going to school, start getting like some of my ligaments put back together." And then, uh, you know, two months later, everything changed. I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna go to the doctors now, like until no, <laughs> no." But, no. Well, congratulations. Yeah. No, thank you. Luckily, I didn't have to retire because of injuries. Those are just a little side product. But right, um, right. yeah, I had decided at some point soon I was going to, uh, you know, finish wrestling just because it was tough on the body and I wanted to do things that didn't hurt me as much. And then uh, I laid out like a storyline that I was going to be able to finish. And I chose like my opponents that I wanted to try to like build up so I was able to do it on my own terms and unfortunately there's a lot of people in the business right now that are going to probably never wrestle again and it wasn't right. expected at all it's just like well they just fall off the map yeah, and- yeah. <laughs> well I mean at least they're at least pro wrestling still going unlike baseball and basketball and all that but uh, in, in a way yeah, yeah I mean definitely on the top tier but you know all the independent shows, any ethical independent show is not going to run for a while. Right. Well, apparently yeah. in Florida, they don't have the virus, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Good yeah. to know. Did you have something you wanted to say, James? I saw you were trying to say something earlier. Oh, no. I was just commenting on, like, I think. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, but the, the, the film industry is, like, nothing's going on. No. I've heard. Well, yeah. there is there is some news. This is actually what, what uh, uh, got my attention on uh, getting Chris on the show. She posted this article, and I think it was a Rolling Stone article, but I found different ones. 
So this whole this and, and I don't know. I didn't really. I, I purposely didn't like tune into your feed to see if you liked or disliked. I just kind of assumed, but I want to see what you know. I want to hear what what your take is on this. So there's this. Uh, let me let me let me share my screen here. So apparently this this uh, this group created this this Instagram influencer. So this character is not real. And how do you say her name? Is it Maquela? I think it's Michaela. Michaela. I, I don't know. And yeah. she's yeah. virtual. She's CGI. And recently, this is May 6th, she signed, well, the, the virtual character signed with CAA, you know, talent agency. I mean, how do you feel? I mean, you know, as a talent agent, I mean, you, you're, you're on a daily basis talking back and forth with, like, your talent. And now, and now someone has hired one that doesn't even exist. Like in, in yeah, I mean, I, it was kind of one of those, like, my head is going to explode kind of moments, you know, because I was like, you know, I'm trying to get real humans, real jobs, you yeah. know, and now basically what this is, in my mind, I mean, we can talk, there's so many, there's so many levels to it. But on the very first level, it's like, it's just what another corporation trying to do whatever they can to make us right. want to buy their product, right? you know, and so, so you create this beautiful person who now nobody can look like, no, no you know, it's like, it's like, you know, for us girls that are, you know, for young women or whatever that are trying to find role models. Well, now there's a totally imperfect, beautiful girl that we're never, ever going to be able to look like, you know? And so what does that do for us that don't have every freckle that's been, you know, like in some corporate boardroom with mathematical, you know, like where, how spaced out should her freckles be to be the most adorable, right. you know, and stuff like that. And so I feel like, you know, not only is it a slap in the face to real actors who are doing all this kind of stuff, but then when you dive into it, she's really just a commodity to sell products and to, to be an influencer for people that are paying for this character to like, like their products or use their products or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but you know, all of that's, you know, bad role model, bad model. You know, what happens to the woman who's voicing her, you know, she should be getting paid. I hope she's getting paid. You know, all the people that decided, you know, that her hair should be, I mean, if you look at her Instagram page, which I looked at very briefly because I was disgusted, but, um, but it was, you know, and also like, we can talk about like uncanny Valley. Do you guys know what that means? Mm -hmm. No, you know? And yeah. so um, uncanny Valley basically means we as humans can look at something that's a robot or something that's fabricated and mm -hmm. we can tell immediately that it's not real and we're disgusted by it hmm. it's um, like a polar express like uh, it's it's really beautiful to look at yeah. but like all the characters just seem like dead and soulless like in, yeah in a, in a yeah. weird way yeah yeah Interesting. so i i don't know i feel like you know it's just another level of corporate corporate greed and corporate you know um yeah look at this trying she's, to trying to manipulate us she's sitting here so. like eating takis right here in this uh in this picture here. Yeah. How much did Takis pay for that? Well, and, so. the, and the other thing too, like what you really got to think about whenever you're, you know, these people that, I mean, because she has like 2.2 million followers here, right? So what you got to think about is, is there's not a person sitting there like deciding like what she's going to wear and deciding what they're doing is, is they're taking like focus groups. And they're like, right, you know, right. what, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And then they're voting and they're taking that, those analytics and they're just like, you know, you know, plugging them into this character and then having this character like wear these clothes. And then they go to the manufacturer of those clothes and they go, if we put these on our character, people are going to buy your product, you know, right. or, or if you, you know, if, if she's 
virtually okay. eating Takis. <laughs> but oh, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and I, I mean, this is just kind of insane to me. And, and like, here's the here's like the meta thing, right? There's a cartoon version of the cartoon <laughs> character, right? That's I just feel that if there's any way that money can be made off of like something, you know, somebody's going to find a way to yeah. do that and then commercialize it. You know, that right. that's what I see is yeah. is influencers were something that uh, that were I think slept on by the mainstream for a really long time. Right, right. And then now you can't like turn on a television without hearing about some of these online characters yeah. and there's people who are running youtube shows that are getting on you know good morning america and stuff it's just like it's so mainstream now and if you can make money doing it somebody's going to find a way that you can just really just like streamline that and just eliminate the human <laughs> out of the equation absolutely yeah. Yeah. and and even um even i mean even on a on a different level you know there, i've had some of my actors have been on TV shows and movies where the leads were YouTube stars and influencers and stuff like that. And some of my, some of, you know, like young people, some of my actors have been working since they were seven, yeah. you know, and they're like 18, 20. And so they've been working on their craft and, and um, I, you know, yeah. if you can make money at stuff, I'm, I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah. But some of these people have no idea how to act, no idea how to be on a f actual set, no idea how like a whole movie works or whatever. And they are like, um, they are like, uh, you know, spoiled kids on set, you know, and, mm -hmm. and um, acting like complete, uh, you know, yeah. boobs on Re set. So, recently um, uh, I saw, you know who Logan Paul is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So recently <laughs> I saw that he's decided like to start this, uh, or he started this group where it was going to they were going to put out videos where they were going to actually teach people how to do things and he was like advocating that the you know the education system is poor and that you know people need to learn certain ways and so you would learn from all these like masters of the craft and he's like writing all this out on twitter right and he can't even write the word your y o u r he's writing you are and it's yeah. just like you're telling people that they aren't educated, but then you look and that you can help them by paying twenty dollars a month for this <laughs> online classes. And it's like you can't even no. use you know proper no. grammar, basics, right, right, right. I don't know. I mean, just looking when you were scrolling, it's mm -hmm. just I don't know. For some reason, well, it's just kind of disgusting to are, me. And it's these... like everything is very careful. Her hair is careful. Mm -hmm. There's one with her hair down. Actually, mm -hmm. I was wondering about that. But yeah. like you know, it's like. Ugh, I well, don't know. And then like it, it also it also kind of I wondered how they came across or how they sort of figured out what she should look like because remember like mm -hmm. I don't know, 10 20 years ago mm -hmm. Time magazine came up with like a a oh, composite yeah. based on the percentages of what right. ethnicity the whole yeah. world was and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and they were and they didn't look like this. Well, the other thing too is is, is I wondered that as well. That's actually a question I mm -hmm. I was talking about with a friend of mine. And if you really notice like you know what what ethnicity do you think she is like you know because she's very ambiguous yeah, very ambiguous yeah. ambiguous but she has kind of an asian feel to a little her. bit a little mm -hmm. bit well a little yeah. bit but then I don't she also, be racist, no but... no but i you know i mean is she's but you can't tell that like you would never know right. that so right. i feel like they just kind of like tried to like they were like where can we throw this against the wall and apply appeal to the most people you know, and that's right. what I feel like it seems like it has just a little sprinkle of just about everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like they have to they have, you know, like she has to appeal to me as a consumer who might have kids 
her age that I want to buy, you know, buy stuff for. They have to, she has to appeal to actual people that are similar to her age. She also has to appeal to people sexually, you know, and um, she's so adorable. She just looks really adorable. But does also, she, you know, she? Yeah, I don't know, you know, well, what, so and what's, it's like, and what's up with this? Like, she's like hanging out with somebody and they blurred out their face. It, you know, it makes you wonder they what, what, uh, what this potentially can open up as far as what can be done with this type of technology, because say if something pretty benign, like a, a news reporter or a weatherman mm -hmm. and becomes super popular. And then like, mm -hmm. now you have this, like these characters that can start really being used further and further. Like where can they take this technology where it can be applied? It's somewhere? true. I mean, there's so many, there's so many aspects to it. Sorry, I'm jumping in here. No. You know, like remember that big um, film festival where Tupac showed up? Yeah. Uh, late, you know, la not laser, but, um, and then hologram. I saw the Michael, yeah, I yeah. saw the hologram. I saw the Michael Jackson thing in Las Vegas and it was kind of like depressing. Cause it's like, he's dead. Yeah. You know, it's like, he's here, but he's dead. But, um, you know, and, and somebody, you know, somebody was getting all up in arms, was talking to me about it the other day about how, you know, well, they're going to use Frank Sinatra again. They're going to bring James Dean back for another movie. Yep. You know, they're going to do all this kind of stuff, but it's already like, that was the whole that's the whole point of film is to like, what the fuck? you know, have somebody forever that they can watch forever. A recording of a song stays forever, you know? And so do we need more content from those right. people? I don't know. There's all already a lot. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, do I need to see Frank Sinatra do a new song that was written no. now? I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. What do you guys think? I don't think we do. I'm just I trying to figure out so. why they have a picture of her coloring her hair. <laughs> That's really odd. I was like, okay. Yeah. 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 That's true. She has to look like a real lady. Okay. Yeah. Sure, but you know what? I mean, ladies, if you color your hair or guys, that's not what you look like. There's no. stuff splattered on the back, and <laughs> yeah. you know, you've got big globs of it on your face and your hands, and it's not a pretty, pretty sight it's at all. Yeah. So. No. Well, and and I and like you know, with like Polar Express and then Final Fantasy. I remember when Final Fantasy made a movie, um, The Spirit Within or whatever. People, there was a big article they wrote. They were like, "Is this the new Hollywood where you know, you know, virtual actors are are taking over?" and uh, I was always like, I, not until it looks real, and it you know it still yeah. doesn't look. This looking through this, mm -hmm. if people are looking at this avatar because that's what she is, and they're like, "Ooh, I want to look like that," you know, well, you can't. I mean, this is this no. is like the the precursor to that movie Ready Player One, you know. That's right. That's right. And like in real life, um, one of my actors who's a very, um, very uh, he's he's a. He's a stunt guy, mm -hmm. um, and he was uh, he was in Westworld, mm -hmm. and um, and then a very very popular video game came out, and there was a guy in the video game. Oh yeah, that looks exactly like him, yeah. exactly. And he was like, "What can we do about this?" You know, and I was like, "I made some calls and stuff, but it was like, there's kind of not." a lot you can do about it unless you've got, you know, a lot of money for, okay, you know, say, an expensive lawyer. But it was uh, like, yeah, it looks just like you. Somebody, and the same clothes and everything. There was someone so. really big right now that that also that happened to. Uh, there was a video game, I think a mobile game that came out, and mm -hmm. the, the character was them. And they, yeah. su they sued, but it's like you said, they have the money to sue, you know? Right, right. So it was like, it, I don't know, it was hard. So Yeah, that, that does suck. Yeah, because that's a, a harder thing to prove. Like, you can fight it all you want, but then, like, being able to have proof that it is you, like, well, I don't see it. 
And it's like, well, I guess case closed. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, because he called me and he was like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? And I was like, well, I can make some calls, but. Ugh. Yeah, you know, unless, you, unless, you so. wanna, unless you find a lawyer that wants to do it for free because they see it as a, as right, a, as right. a big deal. <laughs> potential money maker uh, speaking of that we we did have a we did have someone hit us up on youtube and, and it kind of translations to this let me see if i can find this here uh a fan wrote in he said uh i just discovered your podcast last week i listened to you while i work must have heard 30 episodes so far it's funny i prefer not to see you but only hear you lol oh <laughs> <laughs> that guy's name was oscar garcia give him a shout out but uh i was like <laughs> okay i guess we're ugly people um, thank destroying you, dreams. Destroying <laughs> dreams. Oh man! So what does look like? Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Forget it. I'm out. Right. Um, there's some questions in the chat. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna answer some of those, uh, and then maybe we'll go into the Hollywood thing. Uh, this is from Billy. What's the daily lived experience like for a talent agent? Billy. Yeah. Really? Um, it's mostly a lot of answering emails and phone calls and texts. And basically, it's like I'm a tennis player. All I'm doing is lobbing balls back over the net. So I'm, I'm very much in, I'm, I'm providing a service mm -hmm. for casting directors and for productions and I'm representing actors. And so I'm right in the middle of it. So casting directors need things from me. Um, I try to provide actors for them and actors need me to help them find those jobs. And so I'm right in the middle all the time, all the time. So, 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 you know, the best day for me is when all those tennis balls are over in somebody else's net, you know, and not in, and not in my court. So, um, I don't know. I'm not a sports person, so I don't even know if that was right. Like, is the court the whole thing of a tennis? I don't know. So, um, anyway, so, so basically all I'm doing is communicating back and forth, creating, you know, providing a service for both people. It's a very oddly intimate and symbiotic relationship between the act actors and the agents and the casting directors. Yeah. Um, so I have to know all of my people really intimately and know everything that they, all of their potential skills and, and things like that. And then when the casting director says, you know, something like, I mean, I've had one of my favorite stories. Can I tell a story? Yeah, go for it. Okay. One of my favorite stories is when the TV show Preacher on AMC oh, was yeah, shooting. Yeah, yeah. And um, the casting director called me and she's, you know, working so hard and amazing. And um, she, she called at like 11 o'clock and she said, you're not going to believe this. They need a girl who's... Um, over 18 but looks like a teenager who could who could be dressed as a goth and could sing amazing grace badly and play the electric guitar that's like half albuquerque right there and she and she said and she said i need as many choices as, or anyone before two o'clock because i have to show mm -hmm. i have to show the casting i have to show the producer tapes at two o'clock and this was 11 o'clock okay. and oh, i had five i had five because i knew my people and i was like can you get over to the studios before two o'clock, wow. you know, to be put on tape. And one of those girls got it and she ended up having a recurring role. They kept bringing her back. She nice. was in the church, like in the worship team of the church. Um, and so, you know, so it's like this weird thing where I have to know everybody that I represent so that I can work with that quickly. So wow. it was fun. It was really fun. Uh, we got another question here. You're based in New Mexico and California. Do you represent talent outside of these markets? I do represent um, age. Uh, I represent actors that are outside of those markets. However, 
the expectation is you need to have uh, the lifestyle and the financial means to be wherever you need to be within like six hours. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, you know, people will get booked on a job um, at seven or eight o'clock at night and they're like, your call time 6 a.m. tomorrow and you got to be in L.A. or you got to be in New Mexico. Um, and so um, and a lot of times we can do tapes for people that live outside the um, live outside the uh, the markets. But um, if there's a call, sometimes callbacks are like we need them to come down again. We need to come down right. by five o'clock today. Because sometimes, sometimes they're like, hey, we want to see this person again. And if it's a yeah, tape, it's not really, uh, you know, it's not yeah. a good representation. So it could be. It could be a $700 audition, you know, to oh, like dang, hop yeah. on a plane or something. So it's really hard yeah. to work to work in a, a market that you don't live in. Um, but some people make it work. I have people that live on the West Coast. I'm sorry, East Coast and work on the West Coast and work in New Mexico all the time. But um, I had, you know, I had a few nail biter hours where they said they would be where they would be, where they were supposed to be. And I just had to wait and make sure that they actually showed up when they were supposed to. And they did. So nice. I okay. trust them. So um, it sounds easier than it really mm-hmm. is to work in a, a market that you don't live in. So what what job do? Okay, so you're saying like someone really has to be ready to just uh, drop everything and go to an audition. So what is the job um, most people have? Is like bartender, waitstaff? Is that um, some? Yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those kind of jobs. So the thing the thing I always say is, in order to be an actor, you have to sacrifice your life. Uh, and arrange your life for something that you don't know if and when it's going to happen, but it won't happen if you don't make the sacrifice in your life to be available. Yeah, right. So it's it's back. It goes <laughs> it goes in a weird way. So interesting. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, James yeah? Is, James does background work. Do for, you? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, do, I do background and stunts, and I haven't had a real job in five years. Well, they'll had, keep like, you busy. Yeah. yeah, they'll keep they you do busy. keep you busy out here. Especially if they like you. So that's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. Um, well, if you ever want to get out of the background racket. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, oh, hello. Yeah. James says, I have another question it. for you. Yes. Um, you know, as in pretty much any industry, especially the entertainment industry, you know, there's a lot of people that get taken advantage of or even predatory people within the uh, the system. So there's going to be a lot of actors who are trying to shop around for agents or shop around for people that can get them, you know, cast. What are some things that people should try to stray away from or how can they end up finding somebody reputable like your company? Like people, for people who are just trying to navigate the system themselves, uh, what are some tips that you can give them or things to try to avoid? So great. What a great question. Thank you. So basically you want, if you want an agent, you want a SAG after a franchised agency. That's a Screen Actors Guild franchised agent. Um, And what you get with that is um, you get the union protecting you, even if you're not, um, sorry, my kids are like trying to order food for me for Mother's Day and they're like (laughs) texting me from down and dirty seafood. Um, Sorry. That's okay. Um, I'm not going to answer that. I want those those fist-sized shrimp. Um, Anyway, um, so basically, if 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 there is ever any discussion of money changing hands that isn't strictly based on a uh, a commission on a booking or on a residual or royalties, then it's a scam. So basically, there's you've heard those things on the radio. Mm -hmm. Do you you know? Do you want to be a star? Do you does your kid want to be a star like on Wizards of Waverly Place or (laughs) Nickelodeon? You know. you know, Wizards of Waverly Place is like 10 years old at 
this point, but, yeah. but to, they're like, we have stars, you know, we can make you, your kid a star or we can do this or that. And basically what those are is they're money makers for those companies because you have to buy their photo package. Oh, you have yeah. to take their classes. You have to fly yourself and your, you know, guardian or whatever, and your coach to LA for these fake, uh, you know, fake uh, showcases and things like that. In New Mexico, there's never any mention that there's things happening in New Mexico that people could get an agent in New Mexico and they could work and do some really great stuff. Right. The cool thing about working in New Mexico is that um, the numbers of people that are being looked at is so much smaller than in LA. Um, in LA, um, there could be, casting directors are telling me that there's there could be four to 6,000 submissions for wow. one line on one TV show, one episode of one TV show, just a walk yeah. online, wow. 6,000, you know, out here, it's more like, you know, a few hundred. Um, and I so and st- in, in LA, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard in LA. It really oh. is. And so it's better to, it's better to stay here in New Mexico and work. Um, and, we, we have really, really great opportunities here. Really great. I'm going to, I'm going to edit that part out. We don't want all those people moving here. <laughs> I don't, we don't need, oh, yeah, we don't need so those people. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, medical the, waste. The food is too hot. Medical too waste. Hot. You can't eat it. Car fires, robberies every three seconds. <laughs> MMA oh, fighters yeah. shooting up the streets. Yes. Yeah. Drunk. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, what I'm saying is you should stay here. Yeah. If you live here, you should stay here and work. Uh, what I like, what I like yeah. is now on Facebook, there's all of these like uh, sponsored ads and it's all $1,000 podcast class is now only thirty four ninety nine, And I'm like, and, and, and I get that fucking shit all the time. And I, and I sit there and I, and I love the comments and it, for me, it's like, if you think that it costs a thousand dollars to learn how to do podcasting, I need to stop podcasting and I need to start teaching. Because I mean, yeah, there Jesus, you go. A thousand dollar class. Yeah, it's like, but that's <laughs> but then the, that's where you make your money. Yeah, you know, right. On the classes and stuff. Yeah. So so basically, basically, anyone that asks you for money up front is a scam. Nice, good. Basically, that's uh, it. so. Here's a question: What? So if someone like, how do you usually find talent? Do they come to you? Do you go to them? Are you out in the streets and you go, you got that look, kid? You know, and you flip, you're flipping a coin you know? yeah, yeah. at the grocery store. Yeah. Um, so, um, so basically, I was given some really good advice when I turned into an. <laughs> you got the look, kid. Um, so basically, um, the advice that I was given was go to as many plays and theater and musical theater and comedy and improv shows as you can like see people performing live and watch as many movies as you can go to as many, you know, local screenings. We have lots of great local screenings here and that's where, and that's where I usually find new people. Mostly I find new people. um, I visit acting classes and things like that, but mostly I find them from referrals where people are like, I was just in a play, somebody that I know and love and respect was like, I was in a play, you really need to like have coffee with this person. And so then, you know, again, what I said about reputation, everybody's reputation is at stake with moving the actor along this gauntlet 
of, you know, from submission to audition, to callback, to booking, to being on set, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm staking my reputation on representing an actor and saying this actor would be good for this role. And then the casting director has to take the tape. They have to take my word for it, bring that actor in, say they like them. And then they have to send it to the director. Director has to answer to producers. Producers have to answer to suits. You know, it's like a miracle that anyone ever gets booked on anything because it's just this huge gauntlet. And so, um, and so I have to be very careful who I sign, um, because they, they are, you know, they are my reputation when they go, you know? And so, you know, if, you know, you're going to show up drunk or something at an audition, I can't have that, you know, it's happened, Mm -hmm. but, um, but you know, you, you, I have to trust who I'm, who I'm representing. So it helps me to, you know, meet people through other people that I already know and trust, you know, and their word means something to me. And it so, seems like it's really important that you give realistic expectations. Uh, whenever yeah. you're working with people, you're not trying to promise them uh-huh. the, the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It, there is there is a level of reality to it that it's kind of sad and uh, hopeless a little bit. But but you never. Sometimes you just never know. Somebody just pops up and and they do really really great. Um, the other thing is I do have an online um, submission <laughs> process on my website, and the. Okay, we'll talk about that. Um, but um, but they do they do uh, I do have a, a specific way to submit online. And if anyone says, oh, you know, my friend, you know, wants to be with you, I say, did they submit? And the reason I do that is because I want to see it's a test to see how well people uh, follow directions. Yes. Because this is, like I said before, it's oddly uh, intimate and symbiotic, and it goes really really quickly. How much they give a shit? And so, huh? How much they also give a shit? Right, right, right. So if they didn't follow my instructions, so my favorite thing is when people show up at my office and there's like a big sign that says no pop-ins. It's on my website. Don't just show up, you oh, know. Damn it, I and did people that. will be like they'll come in, you know, they'll come in with their headshots, you know, and be like I'm here, you know, and I'm like looking up from my computer like a monster like what? what you know and they've already pissed me off because i told them five times not to show up and they're like well i just knew that if you met me in person you would just you know fall you know fall in love with me and want to sign me and i'm like well actually what you did was you pissed me off and you told me that you don't know how to follow directions or worse than that you you knew the directions and you decided not to follow them Uh so that's bad so i have a i have pretty high standards um you know and and um i think we were talking about this before people don't read they don't read. So, you know, I can give a huge long, um, maybe that was on another zoom call that I had, but, um, I have the, you know, I, I give everybody a lot of information in, um, in their emails for auditions and, um, you know, people just don't read, they don't read. So, um, it's really difficult for me and I'm like, well, why don't you go read your email again? And that'll probably answer your question. So lovely. Do you want to answer the one that they just uh, posted? That I posted Do you on? ever have to ask clients to change their appearances dramatically? So, um, so basically, I I feel like actors should be um, should be themselves. Number one, they should be themselves. And acting on film and television is very different than acting in theater. And oh my God, Doug Montoya, seriously, <laughs> I'll get to that. I'll get to that. That's a that's a button, and he's pushed it. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I knew I knew, I knew um, that. That's, that's a, why. That's why I said it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
so uh, what was I talking about? Because now I got uh, uh, you, you basically somebody appearance. basically somebody oh, change your appearance. Somebody yeah, walks so, into your office so and you're like, you're... I need you to change your face in 30 seconds. <laughs> right. Right. Now. So basically, when you're working in film and television, your um your it's you. It's just you. It's not uh, a suspension of belief like in theater or mm-hmm. wrestling or wherever, where you're creating this. Um, persona that we kind of buy live for some reason like in theater you can be an old person a young person you can be a man you know it's it's like there's a lot of different things you can do in theater because we're sort of we sort of walk in expecting some sort of suspension of belief but in film and television it's right there it's right there and so um basically i say be the best version of yourself in all of your headshots and you know all the things that you do and so if you want to be somebody that has blue hair that's cool. Be the be the girl in blue hair, but um, have all your headshots match that. Because the 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 thing that you have to do is you have to go into an audition looking like your headshot. Yeah. So if I submitted you with your headshot, you don't want to surprise them by looking different. Now, having said that, there are times when they're like, "We need this certain type of person, but we're going to need them to shave their head." And if they're not interested in shaving their head for this role, um, then to have them not come into the audition. Yeah. Or they might be like, you know, if this person, this um, this uh, character is pregnant, so you're gonna have to wear a fat suit and a and a tummy. You know, is that okay? Um, if your if your client is okay with that, then they can come in for the audition. I, I already have and so it. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we've had like one of my favorite clients. I mean, they're all my favorites, but I have a client who's in her 80s. And um, she is a tough mother effer. She is amazing. She has, you know, she's just great. And she got a part in um, a TV show called, like, I think it was called The Settling or something like that, where she was basically an old demon in a in a in an attic that had to like spew like this black oil, and she had to like crawl on the on the ceiling and stuff like that. And they had to like string her up and she had to like spew this black stuff as they were pulling her back. She's in her eighties. And so they had to be, they had to do a lot of things to like, make sure she was game to do that. Cause they were like, we can't really do this with a stunt person. We want her face. We want her doing it. Wow. And she was like, hell yes, I will do it. Wow. You know? and so, and so Usually when it's something out of the ordinary, they tell us beforehand and they say, um, especially like with children, they say there's a lot of bad words in it. Your kid, you know, this child has to be okay. Usually the kids are like, you mean I have I have to say the F word? Okay, I, yeah. I can do it. You know, um, so usually they're kind of um, you know kind of excited about um, the bad words. But I mean, we've had things where, like in the in the TV show um, Godless that was on Netflix, um, you know, this like psycho killer has like his child on his lap, you know, and he's mm-hmm. got this whole monologue about you know stringing somebody limb from limb and breaking all their bones and draining their blood and dicks inside their asses and you know all that oh kind of there goes our facebook sponsorship i've got a seven-year-old that's supposed to sit on his lap you know being like daddy you know and but he has to hear he's not seeing it all but he's hearing all of this stuff you know and so we had to be you know make sure that the parents were okay with him you know hearing that kind of content you know yeah. so so usually they're very good about upfront about telling us about unusual things i I know i went on a different uh, thing with that but um you know they might be like you know you're supposed to look like you're supposed to look like somebody in a flashback so you might have to wear a wig yeah you know that kind of stuff but usually or you have to darken your hair to match up as an older version or a younger version of somebody that's already on the show smiley are you taking these notes or no 
<laughs> He's just like, I don't know. Wait, Nothing. Huh? Never mind. So uh, we, we've come to the end of the first hour. Um, I would love for you to stick around for the second hour. There's tons of questions still. I don't know if you want to. You get I can't because the shrimp square. isn't here yet. You, you can or can't? <laughs> I can. I can. Oh, okay. Not so here. we're gonna take yeah. we're gonna take a small break. Uh, come back around seven oh five. Is there is there so Mitchell and Associates? If people want to go to your website, they can submit. Uh, it's Mitchell MitchellTalent. Sorry, Mitchell Mitchell Talent and Associates. Sorry. Um, is yeah. there anything else you want to plug besides that? Um, I don't know. I was looking at my uh, water bottle here uh-huh. that has some of my favorite companies: A Good Sign, True Grit Tattoo, oh, yeah. T-shirts, Jason Witter, Cardboard Playhouse. <laughs> I was being very sad looking at all of my favorite yeah. companies, but there's a shameless plug for all my friends. Nice. Are you asking for a sticker? <laughs> yeah, we do. We have- <gasps> I do. I need a sticker for my water bottle. Yes, I don't have one. Ray, Ray, design them. Unfortunately, I have mailed I out. One of those. I could probably get one to you. I just can't mail okay. it out because I'm out of stamps and I have stamps ordered. Oh, and man. for some reason, oh, the post man. office takes a long time to get you stamps in the mail. That's weird. It's weird. <laughs> but uh, Holly Ann, do you have anything to promote? Um, obviously, I don't have any comedy shows right now. Um, but you can follow me on Instagram uh, at Hollybird Comedy. I'm also on Twitter. I'm trying to get better at tweeting on the Twitter. That's uh, also Hollybird Comedy. And I have a TikTok now, also Hollybird Comedy. So nice. just look look me up anywhere, Hollybird Comedy. Yeah. Ray, you can find me on pretty much any social platform except Facebook. I deleted Facebook, and I, I feel great about it. It's very <laughs> liberating. Nice. But yeah, Ray Masuda on pretty much any platform. Uh, and then if you want to follow uh, a little bit of my art, I'm also uh, Basuda Paint on Instagram. Nice, James Smiley. Uh, for your uh, streaming pleasure right now, you can uh, look for me uh, on uh, Hulu or NBC for the uh, second season of Midnight Texas. Or uh, if you look real close, I'm on uh, Daybreak on Netflix. That's a fun one. Huh. Cool. Uh, I have Instagram at uh, 10 drink. Uh, it's like just like it says on there. We have a website, 10drinkminimum.com, facebook.com forward slash 10 drink. Uh, pretty much just Google 10 drink minimum. Um, we have a YouTube page, and uh, Oscar Garcia is in the chat, uh, so he does like looking at us. So, thank <laughs> God. Hi, um, we're gonna take a short break, and we're gonna come back with uh, Carissa because there's a ton of questions in the chat. I still have a ton of questions. We still have to talk about the TV show Hollywood. You yes, s- you've... and I have tons of questions too. Yeah, have you guys? Have you? <laughs> has everyone seen Hollywood, or is no? Or am I the only one? I've, I just started watching it. Okay. Damn it, because I, I want, uh, there's a lot of things I want to talk about that I hate about it. <laughs> you got to give us some homework. I didn't even know. Yeah, I well, I didn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about it. But uh, you know, you guys uh, uh, come back after the break. We'll probably be like seven oh seven. Give us about ten minutes to, you know, do whatever we need to do. Um, yeah, uh, we'll be back. Uh, we definitely uh, in quarantine. We definitely drink, and you should as well. But always remember. Never get too drunk to jerk. Ten drink minimum dot com.
souls by subjects Steal your thought Don't you come this way What's the use of fire if you can But a sea for all to climb My fate was not the same As every, everyone is
from the wavy hour uh we are live let me pull everybody back in here let's see here boom nope not everybody where do we there we go yeah cool hello good good uh so before we went to the break holly you said you had some questions for carissa well yeah uh so first of all do you ever well actually first of all happy mother's day thank you Thank you. This is this is the best part of it right now, besides the shrimp that's coming soon. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, d as a stand-up comedian, I was just wondering, do you represent stand-up comedians, or do you just do actors and actresses? Um, I mostly do uh, just actors and actors. Actresses, just actors, just call them actors. Um, but I must say that a lot of a lot of stand-up comedians really translate really well into being into acting because so much of acting is just like I said earlier, being comfortable in your own skin and um, just um, you know being natural and authentic and stuff like that. And so you know, and a lot and you know, a lot of times um, 
comedy comes from tragedy, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of times comedians can, can do some really interesting things uh, on, on screen that other people don't have the, I don't know, the background for. Um, and so I don't book, um, you know, do you know Matt Peterson? I do. Oh. I love him. Yeah, he's great. And when I first, when I first, uh, you know, signed him, he was like, I could give you a tenth of my warm beer that they paid me for if you, you know, if you really want. I was like, no, um, you know. So that's like, a, so that's like a total different world, you know, the whole um, booking. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think a lot of um, uh, stand-up comics probably do a pretty good job of maneuvering through that themselves or they have their group of people that they kind of go through it with so the answer is no not for comedy but yes for film and television what about for podcasts do you uh do you you... (laughs) (laughs) no um but i did just i am i'm just about to announce that i'm going to be opening up a voiceover department um Mm. of the of the agency and um i'm really excited about that it was you know once once you get into something else like comedy or music or writing or directing you know those other kinds of things that people have (laughs) agents and representation for um that was fun yeah um you know um you know it's it takes a huge amount of you know, relationship building and understanding that part of the um, the industry and that sort of thing that I don't always have time for and don't have a passion for, but I do have a passion for voiceover. And so I found somebody that's gonna that's helping me um, sort of introduce me to that world. Nice. Um, and so I'm excited about that, but it's it's a whole different ball game. You uh, know, like yeah. I was uh, so I got to sit in on a panel at the last Comic Con in February um, where Dante Bosco, who played. Um, Oh, uh, what was his character? He was from Hook. He was uh, Rufio. 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 <laughs> and I actually ended. We ended up hanging out with him quite a bit. But like, so we went to his panel, and he he does the he does one of the voiceovers for a cartoon called Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's probably if you think that like you know we our generation we we think of Hook, but there's this whole generation that he's Prince Prince Zuko. Like he's got a bigger audience. From okay. That. So let me let yeah. me let me let me tell you the story. So the night before we're drinking, and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna so go to your uh, your uh, panel, and I'm gonna ask all kinds of questions that have nothing to do with what you've done. And he's like, he's like, yeah, go ahead. And so I'm like, I'm like smug, and I'm thinking I'm gonna be funny. And we show up, and no shit, there's like 60 kids in costume in this room. And there's no 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 nowhere to sit because their seats are full. He's a rock star, yeah. And he's yeah. a rock star. Yeah. And if I would have got up and I would have been like, uh, in the movie Fist of the North Star, you blah blah blah, they would have murdered me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they would have fucking killed me. <laughs> and there was a woman there that was she was a voice. So he did the voiceover for that show, but mm-hmm. she she's like the voiceover for like Daphne from. Uh, uh, um, scooby-doo but she's like a professional and she would just fire her voices out like right and left she and i looked her up she at least has 10 different characters that she does you know and people who are like i could do i could do voiceover it's no joke it's not it's not a oh this is easy work it's no joke those people who do that specific skill yeah are professionals i have a roommate who and dear friend who is a voice actor um, just starting out, you know, trying to make it. And he works so hard. Like, I thought comedy was hard. <laughs> Voice acting is so much harder yeah. and so competitive as well. Yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, you I guys probably know. Oh, sorry. 
you guys oh, probably know because you're all nerds. You're all nerds. But, you know, Mark Hamill has a way bigger career as a voiceover guy than he did as Han Solo. I, I got mean, really, uh, Han Solo as Luke. You I know, got really, I, mean, he's like, he's I got really offended for like two seconds. And then you said Mark yeah. Hamill. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so i mean but he's i mean his whole life is you know is doing um a lot of voiceover for a lot of the animated animated cartoons and stuff can we take a second to say happy mother's day to my mom debbie burnett who just happy mother's Mother's day Day. mom yeah be very proud yeah he carries himself well yeah i try i hadn't called her all day or anything no, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? I almost lost kidding. it. Um, so, Holly, did you have other questions or was that the... Sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Um, um, I think she answered my other question was, you know, do you think uh, it's super important for a comedian to try to transition into acting? Um, but you kind of answered that you think that they tra- we translate well into acting. I feel like so. that's a thing. I feel like that's true. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, who thought who would have thought Adam Sandler could be dramatic? And I'm like, well, stand up comedians <laughs> like you're doing your act over and over again. Like it's the first time. I mean, that's <laughs> acting, right? Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to a question that uh, uh, Gus had. Gus Pedrotti. Um, oh, hi, Gus. Yeah. Gus is awesome. Gus yeah. is amazing. I love him. He said, I've seen stuff for people on the, on the podcast. He said, I've seen stuff saying that New Mexico would be an even better place for the film industry through, through or post COVID. Have you seen any real indicators of that being true? Um, because I'm, I'm home by myself. Yeah. I haven't really talked to a lot of people, but in my opinion, it is going to, we are going to have a leg up here in New Mexico yeah. for a couple of reasons. We're not as densely populated as, as, uh, LA is. You keep we saying have, that, you keep saying that wrong. I think it's LA. Oh. LA. LA, LA. <laughs> so, um, sorry. I'm from Wisconsin. So, um, I'm from LA. Wisconsin. So, um, but, um, you know, our locations are these huge sweeping wide open places that would probably be, um, uh, more, uh, you know, not as much of a risk for spreading the virus. But I also feel like, um, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of concentration of people. And I feel like people are going to be more comfortable coming out here to, to produce their projects Mm -hmm. earlier than they will in a big concentrated area like LA. LA. So I'm I'm feeling like and the, LA and the other thing that's going to be really interesting is uh, when everything does come back up, it's all going to hit at the same time. Like usually in New Mexico and um, uh, Smiley, I forgot your first name already. I'm so sorry, James. 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 You know, like you go from show to show to show as an extra, right? Because they're all staggered throughout the year, and then you're like, oh, um, Night Shift is coming back, or oh, Better Call Saul's coming back, so we'll go back on that show after we're done with this show. Everything oh, yeah. is gonna wa- everything is gonna want to start at the exact same time Ooh. in in LA and New Mexico and in Atlanta and all these. They're all gonna want to start at the same time, and I have a feeling that some are gonna start early. They're gonna be like, we're the state that's gonna start early. I don't think it's gonna be New Mexico, but I think what's gonna happen Ooh. is they're gonna be the grand experiment, and then they're gonna get people on set that that are gonna get sick, and then they're gonna have to ever evolve their new 
you know, all the new uh, mm -hmm. rules for how to, you know, be safe on a set and things like that. And so I don't want New Mexico to be the first one to come back. I want somebody else to do all of the guinea pig work, you know, so that, <laughs> his name is wild. I want them to do all the guinea pig work so that, um, you know, we can stay safe yeah. and healthy here. Yeah, so North when it Carolina. Is time to come back. Yeah, North Carolina. <laughs> you need to you need you need to get some good some good uh, intentions back, North Carolina. So you guys start back first, right. right? But I have a feeling that New Mexico is going to be really really attractive yeah. when everything does get back up, and I'm really excited about it. Interesting. I'm ready for it. You were talking about uh, being from Wisconsin, and I had read up a little. Uh, that's where you uh, at least come from. How did you find yourself in New Mexico? And I don't know if it's the same story, but how did you find yourself in your industry? Um, okay, so um, my parents are from Hollywood. They're from LA. My mom went to Pepperdine University, um, which um, is a, a famous university in LA. Um, and my dad worked for IBM um, in the days when computers were, you know, the size of a, a skyscraper. <laughs> and, um, and so they, um, so they were kind of like, you know, this is early 60s, like they were like cool cats living in Hollywood. Um, and um, one of his first jobs after um, training with IBM was they shipped him off to Wisconsin to be one of the first states that that um, transferred the entire power company into a computerized system. Okay. Um, and so and so the power so I so they moved for what they thought was one year away from LA to um, to Wisconsin. Had I was pregnant that I was in my mom's, you know, mm. she was pregnant. I can't talk today. Mother's Day. Pregnant. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Anyway, um, she was pregnant when they moved to Wisconsin for one year. She thought, I'm going to have this baby in in Wisconsin, and then we're going to go back. And uh, I was born, and then my brother was born, and then my other brother was born, and they ended up staying 30 years. Wow. And, so, um, and so I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I've always wanted to be in the film industry, but as an 18-year-old in Wisconsin, I was going to go into TV and film, and my parents said, no, they said, don't, you know, mm. don't do it. We don't want you to go to Hollywood. We don't, you know, there's no uh, prospects for you outside of going to Hollywood. And that's scary to us or whatever their reasons were. And so I went into, um, I have a fine art degree with graphic design and photography. And um, this is graphic design before there were computers. Even though my dad was in computers, there was no like desktop. Graphic design is Photoshop. easy, man. Everybody does it now. <laughs> I know. And so I learned <laughs> things like uh, composition and um, you know, type on the old, uh, the old font type, uh, yeah. things. I can't even remember what they're called now, but anyway, so I learned back in the day before there was even, you know, like the word copy and paste comes from getting lines and lines of type that you have to cop cut and paste into a sentence and things like that. And so, um, I learned all that stuff. And, um, so I went on my way and I was doing like, you know, photography and art direction and graphic design and stuff like that. Um, put my husband through, school at we at Cornell he's a he has a math PhD from Cornell and um and then uh his first job outside of uh getting his PhD was at Sandia National Labs and so that moved us to Albuquerque we had mm. 1.5 kids and moved to Albuquerque and um and uh it was so nice it was so nice living um you know the East Coast, the people were not very nice there. They weren't. And so it felt a little Midwestern-y to come to Albuquerque. It was really nice. And so that was 92, I think. Oh, damn. Um, and, um, and so I raised my kids here. I did a little bit of fr freelance work. Um, you know, 
how many of you are old enough to remember Leonard Malton's book of uh, like, uh, there you go, Chris, of like, and Holly, like it was like IMDb only in book form. And it like, so, you know, I would watch a movie and then I'd have to look it up and be like, oh, look at this director, you know, always uses these actors. Like Martin Scorsese always uses, you know, certain actors and things like that. Fell in love with actors, just fell in love with like following people's uh, careers and stuff like that. And then I'd be, IBM, IMDb came up and things like that. And then, um, you know, the whole desktop publishing thing happened and everybody decided that their secretary could do graphic design work and do their newsletters (laughs) and and design their logos and, you know, do their, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I kind of realized that um, I either needed to go back to school to learn all the, you know, um, I was a beta tester for PageMaker, which was one of the early des- desktop publishing things. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, Photoshop and all, I had to lie and say that I knew how to do um, one of the early desktop publishing things because oh, I was like, you know, it was bad. But anyway, so I was like, I either need to get into it more or do something else. And then I kind of looked around and I realized that <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'm, Doug is always so helpful. Um, but I, I realized that the film industry was everywhere in New Mexico. There were yellow, yellow signs everywhere. You know, there were news articles about things, um, you know, being uh, filmed here and stuff like that. And so at 46, I, on a whim, I enrolled at the CNM film technician program. Oh, wow. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. And I just, I just did it. I just did it and um, cried the whole way home because I felt like I had found my people. I found like I had found my people. And so um, I went through the program. I thought I wanted to do casting. I thought, I thought it was casting that I wanted to do. And so I um, uh, was mentored by the, the head of the film technician program grub. And um, he got me, he found, he connected me with some people and I ended up doing um, some casting on some indie films, but also, and a lot of indie, indie films don't have a second AD, which is on the big sets. A second AD is the, the um, assistant director that takes care of the actors on set and does like the call sheet, you know, and make sure that all the actors are where they need to be and all that kind of stuff. So having done that, I met so many incredible actors in New Mexico, just one after the other, just fell in love with the actors. And, um, and um, s- sat around because I'd have to wait until the end of the day to write to do the call sheet because that's one of the last things that happens on a film set is the call sheet for the next day goes out. And so I ended up just talking to the actors and strategizing about their careers and like trying to be helpful, you know, with all of this kind of stuff. And it, and it just it energized me so much. Amanda, way to follow your dream. Yeah. So it all came around after an 18 year old, 18 to 46. And um, and then I people started saying, you know, I wish you have you ever thought about being an agent or a manager because you really have a lot to say about an actor's career and stuff like that. And um, and so I went back to my mentor and I said, what do you think about me starting an agency? What do you think? And he said, no, don't do that. One of the local agencies is quietly for sale and they just want to get out. But they want somebody really, you know, they want somebody that cares to come in and take care of these people. And so this was. Uh, the same year that uh, Susanna Martinez went into office, mm. which everybody was like so worried that the whole film industry here was going to tank. It was even the whisper of it was just completely a disaster. She, she it knocked was just the wind bad. out of it pretty good, though. It did. It did. And so and so I was like, all right. So I I, I mean, I hate to say this now, but um, feminist goals hashtag. I have my own hashtag. I love it. Um, but I um, so basically I lowballed her. 
an offer because I knew she wanted to get out and I knew that things were looking bleak and she took it and she, and we, we did a, we did a, and I was like, well, I don't know how to do this. And so we did a, we'd had a contract between the two of us that it would go for two months that I would apprentice for two months. She'd still get the money, but I would walk alongside her and learn the ropes. Um, her office was on Washington and central, you know, that little strip mall on Washington and central, uh, one and a half days in to my two month internship or apprenticeship, she said, I'll be at O'Neill's. You've got this. You've got it. <laughs> so, so she Ooh. went to O'Neill's across ah. the street and I was like, okay, so yeah, I guess we're um, drinking. So <laughs> she said, you can have the money out. You're fine. You're done. And so, um, it was really Boy. fun to just to get to know everybody and, and to take over and meet the casting directors and ask them how they wanted it done, mm-hmm. you know, so that they had a chance to work with a new agent that could mm-hmm. sort of figure out how to, um, how to, uh, do things the way they wanted it. So, well, isn't, and that was over 10 years ago. Isn't that a little daunting though? Like you're going in and the person that's like handing it over to you is like, fuck this. I'm out of here. It, it, it wasn't that a little daunting. Like you're like, wow, how bad is this? You know? I know. I was kind of like a little, like, what have I gotten myself into, but also very energizing. Yeah. And she was like, you can call me if you need me, but, oh. um, but I'll, I'll be uh, in Mexico, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think she's a middle school teacher now. I think she went back to school and she's a medical. Wait a minute. You, the job yeah. that she handed you, she hated so much. She went to teach middle <laughs> middle school. Holy shit. And she was not cut out for it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I have a question for you. This yes. is probably the most important question of the entire show. Okay. I'm ready. And I, I don't know if you're ready for this. You may or may Go not be. It. Whose idea was it to make a pumpkin spice hot dog? that's the real question so so uh, my friend Doug Montoya who owns Cardboard Playhouse Children's <laughs> Theater Company and The Box downtown um, needed to do something to um, and you need to explain to, what uh, this is because it's it's interesting <laughs> He needed something to um, help his income a little bit when th- things are hard because running a running two theaters is not you know the glamorous moneymaker that you think it's going to be. And so um, so he opened up a little tiny snack bar <laughs> in um, three twenty gold, the New Mexico Bank and Trust building, um, and was selling hot dogs and stuff like blocks, that. Blocks blocks from my house now. Huh? I live like a block and a half now. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, sadly, Marsh and Bob's has closed. Completely? COVID-19 has closed it. Yes. Completely? It's like it's like done? We had to close. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I would help him. I would help him with his little um, endeavor, which was really fun. And um, that a couple of years ago, remember when everything was pumpkin spice? It was like everything <laughs> had pumpkin spice on it. It was just gross. And um, so he's like, because because of the trickster and the fun guy he is, he's like, we should make a pumpkin spice hot dog. So we literally were like a little like test kitchen kitchen. Mm-hmm. And we like tried to figure it out. What can we do? Um, I was like, I think we need to use pie filling so that it'll kind of bake in when you cook the. And Chris, God bless you, Chris. He was one of the guys that came in and allowed us to like videotape him yeah. trying Mm-hmm. The pumpkin spice hot dog. It actually had whipped cream and yep. like stuff on it. And he came in. I think he came in thinking that you know this is going to be really gross. And I'm no, I went in to get the... some. I went in to get food. And then you guys <laughs> he were came like, in to get food. And you guys were and like, well, did we make you? Did we make you? We'll make try you a one. pumpkin spice hot dog yeah. and then film you it. Have to try it. Will you try yeah. it? Yeah. And Doug was saying yeah. he drilled a hole in the hot dog, filled it with uh, uh, pie filling, and then they cooked it on the roller. 
so that the pie filling that's right, that's right. soaked into the hot dog, and then they and then they put it on a bun, and then they put whipped cream <laughs> on the top. Now, it it was actually really good, but it just sounds <laughs> and looks disgusting, you know. It was gross. Yeah, it was gross. So, yeah, I mean, it was. But anyway. James is like he lost a hot dog. Oh, we lost Carissa. Did we lose her? Did we lose James too? She's like, it's shrimp time. Oh, no. I gotta go. She's all, guys, I told she's all shrimps here. Deadline. Peace out, guys. These shrimp got here, and I'm out of here. Yeah. yeah. Let's see if she comes yeah. back, man. Yeah. Wow. I wish I had gotten shrimp for Mother's Day. That's <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, you're just gonna go in and slap Jason in the face, and he's like, "What's oh, that yeah. for?" You're like, "Where's my shrimp, motherfucker?" I want yeah. shrimp, man. It's my shrimp, motherfucker. Man, we lost her. I don't know if we lost her or lost her or what. We'll see what happens. Uh, well, I, it still says she's on the screen. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna pull. It, I'm gonna pull her off the stream until she comes back. Because um, I really want to ask her about this show Hollywood, which I liked at first. Oh no! Now you hate it. Oh god. Yeah, I, I did like- not. I'm really into it because I like old Hollywood, okay. like old movies, Okay. and some of the characters are real people. This is, okay, if that's why you like it, I'm interested to see how you feel about it, because that's what I liked about it, and that's why I also hate it. So, oh, no. Yeah. I don't well, know. I'm on episode six. Have you seen uh, the movies Inglorious Bastards and uh, Once yeah. Upon a Time in Hollywood? So yeah. you know how those movies both like change everything. Yes. Same. History has changed; like they yeah. change history. But I don't know if she's not coming back. I mean, maybe I'll Facebook her and see if she's coming uh, back. Speaking of Tarantino, I just saw that on Netflix they have the Hateful Eight extended version. Yeah. Oh, shit. Four hours. Four hours. It's four hours, but broken up into uh, hour-long segments, uh, no. done like a mini-series. Yeah. Oh, oh she says she'll be right back. Are you a fan of that? What's that? Are you a fan of that movie, Ray? Yeah, I love it. Really? Really? I hated it. Yeah, I love that a, movie. And I'm a huge Tarantino fan. Yeah. So I was really excited, and then oh, her, I watched it. Her, her battery died. Bad. She's going to plug it in and be right back. Oh, no. Because it, really, you know. it just makes me feel like I love dialogue-driven movies, and like whenever I watched that movie the first time, I just felt like so much tension the whole time, and like what they were trying to uh, to I thought what they were trying to portray was just the the same kind of feeling of unease with all the people in the cabin, and I just remember that feeling whenever I watched it the first time. So like whenever I rewatch it, I just you know remember uh, like that, and I just like really am appreciative mm-hmm. of the characters they built, how they're all just awful people, every yeah. one of them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I like I, I do I did like that. It felt like a play to me. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that aspect, I loved it. And then some aspects, I I didn't like it. Like Billy loved it. He thought he's watched it many times. Uh, of the Tarantino films, it episodic feels like less of a commitment. Like oh. I really really like that idea of it. Yeah. Well, maybe mm-hmm. I need to try it that way, mm-hmm. and then it won't be so like yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, because I think also I lost interest and motivation you know <laughs> you're like eh. uh you're like meh i'm like meh um yeah so did everybody go say hi to their moms today i called my mom yeah. or or call them or mm-hmm. whatever yeah good yes. you sent your mom a text 
James. It had a picture of me in it. It had pictures. We we did a Zoom call for my nana uh, because it's also her birthday today. So like we had all the the cousins and the the siblings and everybody in there, and then like my uncle was like trying to figure out how to send the link to people, and then this like random woman like pops in, and none of us know who she is. I guess it's like a friend of his, and she's like talking over everybody. Her kids are screaming. She's yelling at her kids, and she won't shut up long enough. And we just ended the Zoom meeting with my data, and then like we got onto him later. Oh, welcome back. There you go. Uh, so Chris is back. Your laptop. Oh, hold on. Her mic's off. No, she. Okay, you have your mic. You have your mic muted. Okay. She's. Uh, so today was my first Mother's Day, guys. Ooh. Oh yeah. yeah. Congrats. Double yeah. congrats. My 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 favorite memory from uh, Mother's Day uh, that that has nothing to do with my mom. Let me say that <laughs> is when I lived in Portales, New Mexico, and I was going to college there. Uh, there was a Chinese buffet. I think a thing that will no longer exist after this. And uh, I remember on a Mother's Day, we went there. And on the front door, they had a sign that said, Happy Mother Day. No S. <laughs> and and I was like, okay. And we opened the door. And like, there's no one in the parking lot but us. And we opened the door. And this whole staff, the cooks, everything, they're all, they're all playing cards and gambling. There's like money on the table. <laughs> I was like, huh. Happy Mother Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just uh, our mother not yours just that yeah I'll i didn't forget. think today was gonna be like really a thing for me because i'm just like a, a stepmom i'm not like a real mom yeah uh you know what all my friends made it a big deal um my daughter's biological mom made it a big deal thank you amanda um and so it was really nice. Like, it made me cry this morning because I had, like, 20 text messages saying Happy Mother's Day. So. Nice. You had 20 messages? Wow. I did. Interesting. I, did. I didn't even have 20 contacts. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Does it I think count a lot of... I need all of my roommates, like, uh, banana bread and soup? That's sweet of you. Yeah, yeah. you're their mom, James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Carissa's mic is muted. I mean, does she? I, I don't know if she can hear that or not. Yeah. She has it muted on her side. I can't unmute it. Mm. I'm hitting unmute. It says, can't unmute your guest. Their mic isn't connected. <laughs> so, she, oh. Well, it says it's not muted Mother. now. Oh, wait. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> So, uh, Carissa, we were talking a little bit about like Hollywood, the TV show. So, you mm-hmm. did you watch it all? I'm almost done. Almost done with it. So, I okay. So, as a person in the industry, and you see the characters in the show that portray people of your job in the industry, does it do you, do you look back and disgust? Do you look back and go, well, thank God times have changed? I mean, how do you feel about that? Because I mean. All of that, all of that, because I feel like there's sometimes when things are really frenetic on the show and they're like, everything's falling apart behind the scenes and stuff like that. And, you know, I've been, I've been a part of those terrible phone Mm -hmm. calls and those terrible like things where things are not happening and everyone has to work together to make something happen. But all of that, like, um, you know, being 
actors being under studio contracts, you know, and like, uh, um, you know, like poor Mira Sorvino, who's just sitting there lost in the shuffle. And then they give her, you know, a movie and she's like crying because she's just been spinning her wheels, you know, as a contract actor and things like that. Um, and then all of the like behind the scenes, just disgusting stuff, you know, where people are doing things in order to get ahead. You know, um, I personally have never seen any of that, but, um, that doesn't mean it doesn't still happen, but it's not, um, it's not what you'd, what looks like in that show as something that everybody knows about, but nobody's talking about. Uh Um, or, you know, they're not saying it out loud or whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't see that in my daily life. I feel like there's everything's so corporate and so many people have to sign on the dotted line to get even one actor booked on something that, um, I mean, occasionally, you know, like we'll go through, we'll go through a whole bunch of auditions for a really cool role or something. And then, you know, you'll, nobody got it. You know, none of my people got it. So I'm like, okay, you move on or whatever. And then you watch it and you're like, well, who was that person that got booked on that? And then you like follow their IMDb page and you realize that they're the producer's daughter or they're, you know, somebody who, you know, there's favors that have been done that, you know, I was like, well, my person would have been better than that person. Yeah. You know, my actor would have been better in that role, but obviously there was some kind of well, you know, favor that had to be done. You that's know, not how I, I would say, so I, would, I, I do see that. I would say the message on that, on that is like, and I say this on the show all the time. Networking is one of the greatest, uh, you know, things in life. I mean, greatest and worst, you know, yeah. networking, you know, someone who's like more qualified will not get the role to someone who's like out, you know, shaking hands and meeting people. I, that's, just how, that's just how it Absolutely. is. So, okay. One thing. Okay. I, I liked it at first and then I hated it. And one, and I'll tell you why, because of like, you know, there, there's the scenes where like, you know, the, the agent comes, you know, he's like, he's like, you're going to be a star, but before you leave here, you need to, you know, you need to give me a blow job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and all that stuff, whatever. Sure. Whatever. Sure. But I also feel like a lot of that seedy stuff that pr- that probably really happened that they really sugarcoated it and made it like fun and happy, you know? Right, and everybody's beautiful, and <laughs> right. yeah, and it's yeah. probably it was probably really gross, yes. just gross, yes. you know. And so it makes and it, and it and it's so interesting because I feel like this Hollywood show makes it a little bit um, more politically correct and a little bit more acceptable because it's mostly the men that they're looking at. Right. If we were just looking at a whole show of a bunch of pretty girls that had to give blowjobs to studio executives, it would be a different show than all these good looking boys and going to big Hollywood parties where there's football players naked in the pool and stuff like that, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, I feel like we wouldn't put up with it if it wasn't a, I'm on yeah. being sexist, I guess, but if it was a bunch of young girls that we were watching, everybody's like, oh, we already know that happened. You know, that's terrible. Women shouldn't be, um, you know, marginalized like that or whatever. But it's a bunch of guys, a bunch of good looking guys, which mm-hmm. kind of makes it a little bit uh, more palatable for us to accept watching it these but, days, but, which but, I don't exactly understand why. And they were and they were all fine with it. They're like, well, if I get the role, I guess I'll do that. You know, and they'd like jump I into would. the trailer and uh-huh. blow a guy. Uh, yeah. the, the other issue I really had too was the changing of history. Um, like you the know, revisionist, like yeah. ta- like Tarantino's done it with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then uh, you know, but it's so ridiculous 
that it's that it's like you're okay with the the Tarantino stuff. For me, the changing of the history in this show really took away from what they really could have done. Like you know, when in, in the show, I don't know if I want to spoil it because Holly, I don't know how far ahead, Holly's go gone. Well, Holly's oh, not know. all the way there. Oh, sorry. But like, okay. but like you oh, know, in that era where where a girl who's 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 uh, African American and she goes for a role. Not only are they just like, well, we should stand up for her and we should do this. This is what we should do. Yeah. And then and then it happens. And then like everything just turns into like happy ending across the board. I feel like really took away from a message that they could have showed where they were like, look how disgusting and shitty Hollywood was. And yeah. they could have just like what? showed what it really was. But instead, it's like this super happy sugar coated ending. And I was just blown away by how blind it was to how not showing because like people people look at hollywood and they go this is the greatest thing but it wasn't and it still isn't there's still the dark it's flawed right right well i feel Um, like um, i feel like it's so true what you're saying um um because if that was the truth we wouldn't have such a push today for diversity yeah in 2020 you know it's been a problem for people of different ethnicities all along yeah and so you know and so if we're looking at um if we're looking at all sorts of things if we're looking at percentages of society how many you know how many people are of different ethnicities in our society how many Mm -hmm. people are gay in our society you know all of those kinds of things should be represented in a more balanced and right in a more balanced way that it really is in real life i guess but we're still battling it we're still you know in fact it's almost going the opposite it's almost going a little too far where where there's a lot of times where they will pick somebody who's of some sort of ethnicity over a white person well um just for the fact that they're mm. you know well and then and then the other thing uh spoiler alert people who haven't seen the show rock hudson did not stand on a red carpet holding hands with his with his african-american male lover and they made out in front of the cameras and let me tell you something i was alive when rock hudson died of aids in the 80s and in the i remember that and it was a huge huge piece of news yes it was huge for us yes and and people were not kind to rock hudson being when they found out he was gay so for them to sugarcoat that and be like well this is all sunshine and rainbows really turned me off and i just didn't like that i was like mm-hmm. i wanted yeah. to see what really happened and then we go right. oof we were you know america was a real you know we we're, we're pieces of shit i like i like seeing the truth so that we we look in a mirror and go yeah we, yeah we're pieces of shit mm-hmm. just like everybody else like i did think that jim parsons character as the agent was delightful yeah I mean, and I was like so happy for him to find a really cool role after that stupid show that he was on. Thank you. Don't get me started. Thank you. Don't get me started on that. Um, if you actually live with a rocket scientist, it's not charming. It's not. It's not funny <laughs> and charming. Yeah. Bazinga. So, but anyway, I'm sorry, Holly. I think I interrupted you. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say that I, I totally agree with both of your points of view. And I think that uh, one thing that has been bothering me is that the same thing Carissa was saying, like, uh, you know, they, the sexual harassment is kind of palatable because it's a bunch of men. But I think I almost want people to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I think, you know, in certain industries in the entertainment realm, there's still a lot of sexual harassment on all ends of the spectrum. Um, and I think we should be uncomfortable. Well, and, uh, you know, 
Okay. It but, shouldn't be palatable. Okay, but that's the thing. In this show, they make it palatable. Yeah, they, they make it. They make it seem okay. Like they're like yeah. all these men just were like straight, and then they were like, well, in order to make it in Hollywood, you gotta have sex with all these closeted gay men yeah. that are, and and then they're like, all right, I guess that's what I gotta do. And then the closeted gay men are like, you know what? This is wrong. This is wrong. What I'm doing. And they're like, the noble ones. In yeah, there's like this noble, right. and it was just almost like. The conscience. Yeah. Um, Disney wrote this movie like where we gotta have a happy ending because people don't just they just and I, I I was loving it until halfway through and then and I had to finish it and once I finished it I was just really pissed at uh, uh, Murphy. What is his first name? Ryan Murphy? Is that right? Ryan Murphy. I was yeah, really Ryan pissed Murphy. at him because he's done some really good shit. And he, I, he's one of my favorites. And now I'm scared to watch the end of it. So I feel like he phoned it in. Honestly, <laughs> it's oh, got man. a lot of style has a lot of style and i like that about it but yeah mm-hmm. i and i don't i i don't know i feel like in the south they were really excited about it and they're like well see everything's good you know <laughs> i don't know just saying does it but, have any musical numbers no not really but they but they want to try to do some and they talk about it um so how do you feel about okay so that takes me into this next question. So you, you're you're a woman in a male-driven industry. How how has that? How have you seen that? Has anything happened to you in that aspect? Where you know, like I always assume you show up on set and there's the other guy from the other agency and he's all, "Well, look what the cat dragged in." And you know, <laughs> well, first of all, they yeah. never let us on set. They right. don't let agents on set because then another actor is going to get mad that their agent wasn't on set. And right. then you've got, you know, in LA, you'd yeah. have 50 agents on set. That's true. Um, but honestly, in New Mexico, um, all the agents are women and all they the are. casting directors are women. Oh, wow. So, oh, yeah. And so, um, and so I live in a female world, definitely. Um, and, and I would say the majority of the casting directors in LA are also, um, are also women. So I pretty much talk to women 24 yeah. seven. Um, and that's awesome. yeah. Um, a really, really great, um, documentary, an HBO doctor documentary. If you guys want to watch, it's called casting by, um, and it's sort of the history of how casting directors were started. Um, and it was a woman back, you know, back in the day. So it's really, really good. It's an HBO doc. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I honestly, I'm like racking my brain to think if I have any like stories of, of anybody like, uh, of being in any sort of situation where I felt like, what, you know, like, um, and I, I have a feeling that because I'm surrounded by women all day long, really strong, powerful, really great women that are, Mm -hmm. you know, really dedicated to their jobs and to the people that they work for and things like that. I just love it. Um, but I, I kind of have a feeling like I would be somebody who would be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you, are you joking right now? You know, like I, I hope that that's, you know, I hope that that would be my reaction and not, you know, give me somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'd I'd like to think that I would make a good choice. But you saw those scenes. I mean, from Hollywood, do you think that that stuff was, I mean, it, it it clearly was real. Um, well, sure. I think it did happen. I I do think it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think women have come a long way in the film industry. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know. I'd love to hear from Holly if she's her, 
line of oh, work. Oh, you you, you you haven't watched the listen to the show. There's the whole uh, comedy, you know, the comedy club that was opening downtown. <gasps> oh, I do know about all. Yeah. I know all about that. Yeah, all about that. that how long um, did that last? A week. Uh, about yeah, a, two a, weeks. Yeah, and then and then they it they is, ter- they terror they terrorize us on YouTube about once every it's three funny. months. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, I'm sorry. But, you know, honestly, that's not the only thing. I mean, comedy in general is still very much a man's world. And I have tons of stories about uh, men trying to uh, do that stuff, whether it's like a headliner um, who came through saying, hey, if you go back to my hotel room, I can take you with me on tour. Um, I'm very fortunate because I had a great mentor who is an advocate for women in comedy. And he literally told me when I started, this is going to happen to you and you just have to say no. That's the only way um, you're ever going to get ahead because it doesn't help. It doesn't help to give blowjobs. It doesn't help to give into that. And if, um, if you don't give into them, hopefully they'll come to their senses and stop. Uh, but I think my proudest moment is protesting in front of that stupid comedy club and having good for you. Protests. Thank you. And having more protesters than he did patrons, uh, felt <laughs> really good. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you ever, if you ever, Holly, I'm telling you right now, I'm offering my services. If you ever need somebody to come in and mama bear the crap out of what's going on, just call me seriously. Seriously. Oh, thank you so much. I yeah. Will. yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's the way supporting women is important, man. Yeah. It's really true. It's really true. Well, I'm proud of you for maneuvering through a man's world like that. That's really good. That's really good. And also, I want to say, because I was still working with my stupid computer, but even though you're a stepmom, you are you are somebody that should be celebrated on Mother's Day. We import our children. We import our mothers. We birth them. We don't birth them. It's, you know, there's just so many ways to be in a motherly. I feel like I'm a mother to hundreds of actors, you know. And so um, even if I didn't have my own children, I'd feel like it was Mother's Day. So um, happy Mother's Day to you, Holly. That's amazing. Oh, thank You're you. an important person in that child's life. Yeah. yeah. Aw, thank you. Oh, that's so Absolutely. Nice. Happy Mother's Day, Holly. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Miley. Yeah. Happy Mother Day. Mother Day. Mother Day. <laughs> Carissa, I know that we're getting close to the end. Before we get, uh, before we lose you, I need to hear more about this cat that I saw in the background. Mm. That was very important to me. Oh, did a cat slink by? Ray. Uh, yeah, Ray works. Uh, Ray works in a uh, what is it? A cat. Um, I uh, manage Albuquerque Cat Clinic. Uh, oh my so God. we're a, a feline-only veterinary hospital. Oh my gosh. Well, we have biscuit and gravy at our house. <laughs> they were both, they're both rescues. And, um, I love that. And they're amazing. And uh, we've been a primarily cat house for most of our lives. And then right before, um, right before the pandemic, I decided to get a puppy. Oh, my condolences. I don't know where he is. And oh, um, it's saw, like having a baby. I it's saw the, the pictures. But, um, he's, of course, now he's not around here, but his name is Babu Freak from star wars and um it's a totally different thing to have a have a dog um but our cats um they have their own instagram account they're basically influencers they have they have an instagram account so um and we um yeah and we're it was funny because um when we got gravy gravy was a a black friday thing at the Mm -hmm. valencia shelter a Uh couple years ago and gravy had uh, a sister they were both in their cage and 
they were kittens and we only took one and we could hear the sister like screaming in the back you know because we took her sister took her took her sister away um but gravy i wish gravy was around he's got those uh she's got those extra um fingers yeah prehensile uh, or whatever polydactyl yeah mm -hmm. so she's got two extra things on her paws so yeah. she's, she's crazy yeah. yeah anyway so that's a lot of talk about cats uh krista there's a couple of uh of clients that you have one is a guy named tate fletcher mm -hmm. if uh i know that i just said that name and there's people out there that are like i have no idea who that guy is <laughs> well let me let me tell you who that guy is He's in a, a little TV show that barely got any play called The Mandalorian. He oh. died in the very first episode. He was the first person killed in The Mandalorian. Uh, he's in a little-known movie called Jumanji with The Rock. Um, how does how does a show like this get that guy on? Because I would love to okay, talk to Okay, so if anyone that knows me or looks at any of mm -hmm. my social media knows that I love Star Wars. I'm yeah. just all, I'm about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I'm about Disneyland. I'm about people, my actors. But D Star Wars has been the thing um, that um, has really been with me my whole life. And, um, and so uh, Tate Fletcher is... Uh, What's the kitty Insta? It's biscuit and gravy floofs, I think is what it's called. It's my daughter's account. Um, anyway, and then there's, yeah, I think that's the name of it. Uh, but um, Tate, uh, Tate's been an, a, a stunt guy and a yeah. fighter, and he's an amazing, he, he's amazing, a wonderful soul. Like, he's actor, one, of right? the, one of the coolest guys you've ever met. Yeah. And um, he, uh, he, uh, we submitted him for a role and we didn't even know we didn't even know what it was because yeah. everything that's disney and star wars is on lockdown yeah. it's all and marvel it's all secret you don't know what it is you're submitting for some weird thing and um and so you know the day i got the call you know saying can can he you know put this on tape and is he available for these dates and all this kind of stuff was really cool this was like two years ago two years ago you know so um so uh so some background on this is that he got the part as this like uh, bar, you know, this guy at the bar. And by the way, he also had the very first lines of the entire series. That's right. His yeah. his spoken lines were the first lines. Um, but not only was he that character, he was actually two characters. He was also, also another one of the Mandalorians. He's one of the big. He's the heavy Mando yep. artillery Mando with the big fire stick, the big yep. guy. Yep. And um, you should have him on sometime because he's love, got stories dude, to tell. I, I don't want to tell his stories, oh. but the funniest thing—the funniest thing was um, that uh, when he went to the premiere at the El Capitan um, mm -hmm. in LA, um, he went to the bathroom, and John Favreau was at the urinal next to him, and John Favreau said, "Oh, by the way, I, I, uh, um, I dubbed over your voice with my own voice yeah. for the for the heavy artillery Mando." Because when I watched it, I was like, "That's not Tate's voice." And John Favreau also did it. He did a, he did some other voices on Clone Wars, I think. Yeah. So, um, but it was like at the urinal. It was at the premiere. Uh -huh. Was when he found out that John Favreau used, uh, put his own voice in there. But it was so cool because when I got the call that he got the part, not only did he get one, he got two parts. Mm -hmm. You know, I got off the phone, lost my shit, cried, cried, cried. Um, my friend Doug was in the car with me because we were headed to some theater yeah. thing, and. Um, he was like, I've never, I've seen you cry many, many times, but I've never <laughs> ever heard you cry like this. And he couldn't hear what was Star going on. So, and I was like, 
you know, just like ugly, like crying, like from the gut, you know. And I was like, this is Star Wars, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so, you know, the whole, you know, the, one of the reasons that I love movies and TV so much is because of my love for Star Wars. Yeah. And then, you know, to give somebody with a huge heart, um, it, he he could not have been somebody that deserved yeah. it more and and so i pulled myself together called him told him that he got the part and then he started crying and saying oh, you know the whole reason the whole reason i've ever been in the film and tv is because of star wars you know that's what, you know and i was like i know i know i know so it was a really wonderful thing and then we had to wait a year you know yeah. he filmed it he went and filmed it and um and then we had to wait a year and then and then um i met up with him at christmas and i was like um so, Baby Yoda, you <laughs> kept Baby Yoda a secret for a year. And he said, oh, yeah, when I went in for my, like, costume fittings for the the Mando, the big um, uh -huh. Mando, he said I saw 15 Baby Yodas, like, at the oh, frost wow. house or whatever. Yo, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Oh. And then where you guys stand on, you know, all this stuff. But I thought Mandalorian was some of the best storytelling that we've seen in television in years and years. Even if it wasn't Star Wars, I would have loved it. But I love that that as a collective universe decided within 20 seconds that his name was baby Yoda, <laughs> you know, like we all just decided he was baby, even though they called him the child and all that stuff, it was baby Yoda. So I was like, I was like, you kept that a secret for that long. That's amazing. So yeah. anyway, also there's a new uh, documentary about uh, the show. I on know, Disney yeah. Plus. Well, they, they just Good. announced, I mean like the, the big, the big rumor or not rumor, the big, the big reveal is uh, Boba Fett is going to be in season two. And the actor who played Django Fett is going to play Boba Fett, so that's a big deal. But uh, one of the other people that you represent that I'm I'm severely interested in, and I've met him, and uh, it, it's the 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 Dean of Mean, Keith Jardine. Yeah, another huge scary guy yeah. who's just the sweetest, nicest guy. I he think is. he says yes, ma'am, when he calls me on the phone. You know, he's just the <laughs> he's sweetest. He's so sweet. Yeah. So he nice. A, he came to a comedy show one night at the Old Burt's, and he walked in, and we were like, oh, my God, is that who I think it is? <laughs> and it was. And he was the absolute sweetest human being I have ever met in my life. So sweet. absolutely, so, absolutely, yeah. and then his girlfriend Jody, yeah, um, is a powerhouse. I don't know if you guys know her, Jody yeah. Escabel, um, and she's opening up a new yoga fight school, whatever, down at that new Bridges on Tramway. Um, oh. Yeah, a new studio. So if you can make but, any uh, of those happen, oh yeah, we would be entirely. Oh, oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. You're using me to get to them. Okay, yeah. I got it. No, I got no. to where, where you are. No, I, I was it. really, I was, I was more interested in like the the virtual thing because I thought the virtual. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm glad you feel the same way, uh, but I mean, what if someone walked in or like they they contacted you and they said, uh, Chris, we have this virtual. Um, avatar that's got four million uh, uh followers and you're gonna make you know millions of dollars representing this avatar is that something you would do um i here's what i would here's what i i, I think i would do and here's what i might do and here's you know there's a lot of thoughts about that um you know, at that point, I think I would turn into an agent like CAA or UA or whatever that I got to, my puppy's now barking. Nice. Um, I would probably turn into that person that's like, I will do that, but you have to put 
Keith Jardine and Tate Fletcher and Lee, yes. you know, I, yes. I, I, you have to take some of my best people yeah. and package them into big roles. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, and so all these people that I've been with for more than 10 years that I love, like their mm. family and I've been working hard for them, I would somehow have to monetize that relationship into work for my people. So, so I guess that's, maybe I would sell my soul to the devil a little bit in order for some of my people mm-hmm. that I've been working so hard for over the years yeah. to get some kind of chance. I don't know. Most, I don't know the answer to that. Most important question. Can you get the puppy and can you hold it up to the camera? Let me see. Let me see. He's uh, very cute. He's very cute. That is Talk amongst yourselves and I'll go get him. All right. <laughs> I just realized that her last name is the same name as my dog. And oh, yeah. I didn't even mention that. Oh. My dog's name is Mitchell. Yeah. Oh. Well, now if you get another pet, you can be an associate. <laughs> He's yeah. running away. Yes. No. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. <laughs> That's, oh, my God. This is the most important now part it's a of the game. <laughs> now it's a game. But you can find him on my Instagram because he's really cute. No. Yeah. That's important. Uh, I want to thank you for. Oh, look, there's a kitty. Oh, hold on. We got uh, James has a cat. That cat looks like he does not want to be on camera. (laughs) He's going to hurt me. Oh, he's mad as shit, man. He is not happy. I heard that all of my, all of my teacher friends that are doing zoom meetings for their school and everything. A lot of the, a lot of classroom time these days has to be everyone showing their room and showing their animals to their friends on zoom. Yeah. That's kind of fun. I love it. Nice. Well, uh, Carissa, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, very, so much very informative. So much very informative. It was a long time coming, uh, and then down the line, when we have a lot of questions about you know the industry, we're gonna we're gonna call on you to be our uh, insider. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. Or so. Star Wars, whatever. I'll talk about all my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's not a lot of people out there that know much about Star Wars. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Never heard of it. So, uh, Carissa uh, Mitchell and Associates Talent Agency go to their website. Someone posted earlier that they were. I didn't want to put it on the thing that they, they had sent you their uh, submission. That they submitted. Okay, I'll yeah. take a look at it. And yeah, uh, George Lana Wool. So I didn't want to. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's that's anything else you want to plug other than. Oh my gosh, just, you know, uh, I believe that children are, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to say <laughs> at this point. I've got shrimp, I've got shrimp waiting for me. Oh, right. yeah, it's been don't... a pleasure, I've always wanted to do this and I really appreciate it and oh, anytime man. you want me to come on, I'm there for you guys, yeah, but okay. I, this has been really fun, really, really fun. Yeah. We appreciate just... you, get Thank to your you. shrimp. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, enjoy your shrimp. All right, well, yeah, we'll, let, we'll let you go then, it's Mother's Day, we'll let you go okay. and then we'll, we'll finish up. All right, well, thanks a lot. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Oh, she was nice. She was so nice. Someone's like, she said, talks a lot. I was like, yeah, the best kind of guest. I, that way, right. I don't have. That way, I don't have to say shit. I'd love to hear and other people. She was, saying, she was saying really interesting things. Absolutely. Like she was just blubbering about nothing. No, all that stuff. I was just kind of like, nice. I was like, this is stuff I want to know, you know. And then she started That's talking really about the Mandalorian. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I, I was like looking through her client list, and I saw Tate Fletcher, and I knew that he was like in the first scenes of that show. Then he was in Jumanji, you know. Mm-hmm. They they kill him in like one of the scenes, and he's in a lot of things actually. I have his IMDb pulled up. I wouldn't, I would, you know, I'd love to get him on the show, but um, his IMDb is huge. 
Wow. Yeah, it's big. And <clears throat> she loves Matt Peterson, who is one of my mentors and one of my favorite people. He and, liked my uh, uh, he liked my downtown video <laughs> that I made. Oh, Matt Peterson did. Yeah. Oh, he's the sweetest. I, I love him. So I made an Instagram TV uh, video of my neighborhood, so <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to show people where I live. You know. Yeah, you get to see a stabbing. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Ray, I mean it, it's a little like Miami. We've gone seven weeks without a murder, so we're cool. No, uh, downtown's actually pretty. Well, you, you wait. They're going to find all the bodies once everything opens up. Yeah, right. Like, oh, right. We missed those. They got, Actually, they send people out to move the dumpsters around, and they're like, oh, damn it. We found six yeah. bodies. Should we, should we try to? at least nine weeks worth of bodies. <laughs> oh, man. There's just oh. murder shit everywhere, yeah. And and it's funny because like not funny, but they're just like they're just like God. There was a lot of murders, and they're like uh, safety, you know, like you know, you know. Yeah, you gotta get within six six feet to stab somebody, and that's against the rules, you know. Yeah, we're just gonna let these go. If they kill more people, all right then. You can do yeah. a drive by with a mask on at least. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah. So, it's been pretty... Uh, downtown, except for John Bones Jones firing off his gun, downtown has been pretty quiet, so... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. So, speaking of quiet, earlier, I was out in my backyard on my patio, which is my new favorite place to do our uh, long-distance whatever, uh, whatever we're calling this. Uh, no, thank you, Carissa. Right? That was um, fantastic, yeah. But I feel neighbors... bad for using her as a as a uh, as a, a reference for my unemployment all the time. <laughs> Never met her. <laughs> Sorry, that's good. <sighs> that was a good one. Um, but so my neighbors, it was nice and quiet and peaceful out there, as it usually is. And then randomly, when we went on break, my neighbors started having a ranchera karaoke contest as they do I don't, I don't like they do they've literally never done that before and i'm like can you guys wait an hour like no. do you have to do this right now it's sunday no, they couldn't it's sunday, it's sunday night sunday. they can't go to the park where are they gonna do it at holly jesus you're selfish <laughs> all right so anybody else have anything else they want to talk about i mean that's it that's it i'm gonna go get me some fish sized shrimp Dude, oh, I yeah. You lucky. I think it's closed. I think all that shit's closed by now, right? I'm just gonna cook pinche. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys have anything to promote? Uh, just go to my Instagram and Twitter and things at Hollybird Comedy. There you go, Ray Basura. Follow me on pretty much any social media platform uh, under Ray Basura, except Facebook. Deleted Facebook. Stop the misinformation. I should probably leave Twitter for that too, but whatever. Yeah. I was gonna uh, say, uh, or or stop watching Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, but, uh, I mean, yeah, and then, uh, you follow my art page. Unfortunately, with leaving Facebook, also meant that my art page from Facebook was gone too. But uh, you can still follow it on Instagram at Basuda Paint. Nice, James Smiley. Uh well, 
uh, you always uh, see me on the second season of Midnight Texas, streaming mm-hmm. on Hulu or on NBC app, and uh, Daybreak on Netflix. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't on the ball I'm, on that one. I don't think anything else is streaming <laughs> right now that I'm in. Uh, the Brave is somewhere probably, right? Probably. I've been trying to find uh, it. Yeah. I know I'm on there. I've seen it. Uh, as soon as I get more stamps in... I'll do another call for people to send me their address and I'll send out some more stickers and such. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny cause like people have like offered, like these are very expensive stickers. It's fine. And people have offered to like pay for them. And I'm like, no, there is no reason to pay for these. And the reason is, is I'm still working and the government gave me a $1,200 check, even though I'm still working. So for me, I wanted to give back to my community, so I bought the stickers from our friend Tammy at a good sign. So, you know, she's a local, you know, uh, business, and I'm not going to turn around and be like, well, you guys got to pay $2 a sticker, you know. No, I'm going to give them away. But, you know, I'm going to mail them out and then hand them out, but we'll see how that goes, you know. Half the box is gone, that's for sure. <laughs> Ray, Ray designed them. Ray. They're great. They're pretty badass. People love them. What's that, James? I said, fuck yeah, Ray. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah, Ray. And uh, I mean, my in daughter it, loves them, and, by the way, Ray. And if we like charge for them, we probably could get sued as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just think they're cool, man. It's Go like, for it. Yeah. Bring it on, Vince McMahon. How much money do you it's, have? It's like the guy trying to sue them for using his likeness, but well, prove it. Well, I think I don't see it. I don't see the likeness. I just, you know, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I think they have the money to probably prove it, though. <laughs> it, it depends My on what friend's an attorney. <laughs> and our friend, and our friend, we have some friends that are attorneys, so we have a team of attorneys. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Um, so yeah, that's about all I got. Um, I've also been trying to like buy local beer. For the show, you know, this is Thirsty Eye uh, to support them. Uh, and then in, in the bucket, I have Santa Fe Brewing. So I've been trying to really support. Uh, but if somebody could uh, mail me that uh, PBR coffee, I would definitely right? be okay with that. You know who you are. You know who you are. You have it. Yeah, and please send me some too. If they send, okay, here's what I would do for somebody. If they send me that PBR coffee, I will send you jars of red red and green chili from New Mexico. How about that? That's so smart. That's a fair trade. It's a fucking fair. I, I think I, I I think I'm losing on the deal. Thank you. <laughs> I hate red chili. <laughs> you hate red chili? No, I'll make red chili. Oh, okay. They said you hate it. Smiley. Well, you guys have all had my red chili. Well, well, not red. I made some red chili, but I misplaced some acid. So you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you could have acid. I'm not saying it's in there, but it's yeah. not where I put it. <laughs> wow. I keep them separate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so cool. So yeah, definitely check us out. Uh, we do a lot of sh- we do our shows Sunday nights, uh, six to eight p.m. Uh, live here on actually on YouTube and on Facebook. So you can actually go to facebook.com forward slash 10 drink or just go on YouTube and type in 10 drink minimum and we're live on both. So um, I'm actually decided to start a media thing 
I don't want to say a company, but a media firm, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Ground up, you know, and, you know, it's one of those things. We're in the pandemic and, you know, I've got time on my hands and money on my hands. Why not? uh, Why not do something cool? So we'll see what happens. Mostly it's a YouTube channel. (laughs) So that's what it mostly is. So we'll see how that goes. I might fail at it. Who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, keep, keep that, uh, keep on the eye for that. But, um, I want to thank Chris and Mistel for being on the show. I want to thank everybody here for being here. I'm, I'm glad everyone's safe. Um, wear your mask when you're out in public. Um, the 15th is coming up. So let's see. I'm wondering what's happened. Maybe that's a, a topic for next show. We'll see. So any, anyway, other than that, we are. Ten drink, drink minimum. minimum. Thank you, everybody. Ah.